Lee. Weekend on Lee. Today we're talking. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I went there. Wow. Yes. <laughs> you know where we're going, right? We're going back to the land of Bond with the uh, smart, sexy, sometimes surly, blonde, blue-eyed Bond. That is Daniel Craig and his five films. Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre, and No Time to Die. And we're going to weekend on fleek these guys. And with five films, he hasn't even come close to cracking the record. True. Yeah. But I got mad. You have to do two more. Yeah. Even to tie. He uh, is my, he's my favorite Bond. He's my favorite one. I do like I do like Pierce Brosnan. I have a lot of respect for Sean Connery. And of course, if you remember, I really, really, really liked Our Majesty's Secret Service. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm right, gonna actually bring that mouth a little bit. back a little bit later. But um, anyway, but I gotta say that Daniel Craig, he's he's come out to be my favorite. He he has put his own truly unique stamp on the character and he is very fortunate that um he's been able to be a collaborator in the bond films uh because most of the other actors before him just had to do what to read the lines do the script do their thing but he has really been able to say you know i want a voice he's been a producer in them he's had influence on the scripts and the writers and you know no other no other bond actor has had that level of influence on the character so um and potentially you, on the script i mean hearing you say that i i can i can understand that referencing some things that he has said about bond and and how he played it right. and what you're saying it makes a lot of sense right um <laughs> And maybe we'll cover some of that in the bonus stuff, because for those of you who have listened to the podcast before or know me personally, know that I have probably what could be deemed as an unhealthy amount of knowledge about (laughs) Bond films. Uh, And so not potentially. Absolutely. This guy is like Wikipedia for Bond. uh, It's it's a bit much. In fact, I'll give you this little tidbit when we were doing the Bond episodes whatever season that was season two um i i rich would give me like the concise what i needed to know about that specific bond instead of films before or after i would watch each of the bonds that's right i would do a primer that's right yes he gave me a primer and he like he it just came out of his head he's he's amazing (laughs) he knows it all he knows it all so so richard you being the know-it-all on the bond films <laughs> what was your <laughs> what was my week oh he just he's gave me the evil eye what, <laughs> what was your week my week is specter okay interesting <sighs> all right so uh, my wait that is really interesting and is really disturbing to me okay so um yeah my week is quantum of solace or solace or solace Solace. okay and i think that would be most people's i think uh that's daniel craig's 
I don't understand um, why it wouldn't wouldn't be everyone's. <laughs> we'll get so, there. So, so tell me, Richard, why is why is Spectre your lowest? Because it sucks. Uh uh-uh. uh no, he did not. Um, <laughs> it's it's it is it, it after Skyfall, which Skyfall is not spoiler alert, not my fleek, but Skyfall is good. Skyfall is Skyfall a very, is very good. good. Bond movie. Forget Daniel Craig uh, rankings. It's up there in the rankings. Period. In all of uh, Bond's uh, films, it's it's quite good. And so to go from that to go to this muddled, farcical, um, just over the top, unbelievable, weak. Yeah. (laughs) That is. Oh, you can see his face. He's absolutely disgusted. (laughs) To go from Skyfall and then to descend that low with the same director, you had Sam Mendes who did Skyfall, who directed that, and you're like, what? What happened? Um, Nothing about this movie. Nothing about this movie resonates the way that it should. You are introducing Spectre, which is this iconic. Uh, part of the Bond mythos. It's this big, scary, secret organization. And in the end, it's like, <laughs> meh, you guys are not scary at all. There's like 50 bajillion of you in a room and Bond gets away from you. And only one of you manages to start their car and chase him. Like, <laughs> apparently, everybody else couldn't find their keys. All right. Okay. They had to wait for the valet. I, you know, what's going on there? Um, and so, and then you have the introduction of Blofeld, who is, again, an iconic part of the Bond mythos. For, for a long time there in the Bond pantheon of villains, he was the guy. He was the big shadowy guy. And so not only do you, and you have a very good actor in Christoph Waltz who uh, should be able to scare you to the point where you have to run to the facilities when you're watching this but he is lame and toothless and dull and plodding and what? pointless he is at that point at all completely oh. wasted in this film he could be so scary and he's not he instead is. they make him into 007's brother and like try to make this lame, stupid, silly family ties thing go on, where it's like, <laughs> oh, oh, James, you're the cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. I mean, come on, seriously, how many times do we have to say cuckoo in this film? Can we, can we please not? Um, <laughs> and like, he, he should be scary. He should hurt James. He doesn't hurt James. He doesn't even really come close to hurting James. Uh, he puts those little drills in him, but apparently that does nothing to him. Oh, and <laughs> let's also talk about how by getting a single ring, he 007 is able to figure out the entire organization of Spectre off of the one freaking ring. Who has been touching this ring? And with what? And why are they leaving all their DNA and stuff on now, this one ring? Now, Richard, you understand the power of the one ring. Yeah, it must be (laughs) clearly on the org chart. Sauron is on there somewhere, and we just forgot. Touched by elves and men and hobbits. Um, (laughs) Like it's 
uh, it's absurd. It's laughable. And then to top it all off at the end, you have um, Blofeld flying away in a helicopter and 007 is chasing him in a boat and shooting at him with a pistol and hitting his plane. And then he runs out of bullets, so he pulls out his even smaller, even weaker pistol. <laughs> and on a moving boat, <laughs> fires around that manages to get inside the plane's motor and send it crashing. <laughs> and I just wanted to, like, run. <laughs> it was so bad. The I will say the redeeming points for this film because there are some. <laughs> please, please, Dave Batista. Yes, is is good. Yes, and the is. fight between him and Daniel Craig on the train is is good. That's my favorite. Um, my favorite Dave Batista that, role. That goes well, and um, Batista does a good job of playing a character who is uh, as interesting as the script allows him to be. Um, yes, I agree. With and. You. I like the ending and I feel like had that been Daniel Craig's last movie, that would have been okay to see him drive off with Madeline Swan and, and have that be the, the wrap of it. Uh, that would have been okay with me as bad as the movie was. And it was bad. Um, <laughs> uh, that would have been okay with me. And it also, um, it has the, I'm, and I'm going back to bad things that I don't like about it. It has this thing where it has to connect everything in every movie. It has to say, oh, quantum and the guy from the last movie and the guy with the creepy eyeball, they were all in on it. Blofeld was pulling all the strings. That's they were all a part of it. <laughs> Um, this was after Avengers in 2012 when Marvel started doing that. So right, right, and it's just like, you know, you you don't have to tie everything. Up. So I agree. I'm I apologize. I have I have ranted. <laughs> I obviously have some strong feelings. I'll, I will I'll I will them. now. You'll yield I will now contain the, myself. You'll yield yield to the chair. Yield to the chair. I will yield. <clears throat> um. So I'll just throw another log on there. I, I love Ray Fiennes. We've talked about him in this podcast before. Right. He's very interesting as an actor. And like, I just could sit and watch him mostly, but um, his, his character and, and bond and um, Spectre and no time to die. I didn't dig him. Um, and like very uh, just flawed. I felt like a, like a very flawed character and like, yeah. you can play, you can play M one dimensionally or whatever. And like, but I didn't like the direction that whoever it was took with that particular right. character. Well, and to be fair to poor Ray Fiennes, Judy Dench is a hard act to follow. Yeah, okay, this is, oh, hold on. I was about to talk about Dame Judy. <laughs> <laughs> this is in my notes. Um, <laughs> like, he's okay. But um, hello, it's, he's just not Dame Judy. I literally wrote that. And I felt like uh, Spectre was pretty formulaic, even though it was like, wait, what? Um, so my, my week is quantum of solace. 
Um, we've got Angsty Bond. First of all, this is the shortest film. It it's like 25 minutes long. And you're it's yep. over and you're like, wait, what the what what did I just sit through? And mm-hmm. it's kind of like almost like an epilogue that was not needed for Casino Royale. And it, it was the first time that we'd ever had a truly direct sequel in any Bond movie. We'd never had a like true follow-up. Well, we, we, they flubbed that one up. They flubbed it up because they gave us a bunch of stuff that we did not care about. It had zero heart and it should have been full of emotion because Bond was supposedly so in love with what's right. her bucket. I can't, cause I can't remember names. <laughs> what's her bucket um, from Casino Royale. Vesper Lynn. Vesper. Yes. Okay. Thank you. And um, anyway, so he he's there's you know going off on this this journey to figure out who was blackmailing her, and it ends up ends up being this place. He's really angsty, the angstiest he is, he is in any of the Daniel Craig Bond films. And like I understand why he's angsty, doesn't make me accept it necessarily. This is the only film I watched it. I watched it once or I didn't even, I don't even think I got through it the first time. I was like, I hate this. Hmm. <laughs> and, but I watched it all the way through for this. And I still had that reaction. I hate this. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I didn't like the plot line. Uh, uh, I, the, the bond girl in quantum of solace did not care anything about her. Ooh, hold on. Let's go back to specter. <laughs> Rewind. I like the bond girl inspector and no time to die. All right. Now fast forward back to going of solace. Didn't care about the Bond girl. Um, it wasn't interesting. It, it didn't have like the, the cheekiness that uh, you get with Bond. There's always that like dark humor that comes in right. there every once in a while. Daniel Craig is masterful at delivering those lines. And he was too angsty to deliver those lines. It was Can I provide crazy. some context? Sure. So one of the big reasons why Quantum of Solace feels very different from any Bond movie, and I can say that pretty definitively, it feels different from any Bond movie, is because it was um, during the writer's strike. And so the script was incomplete. And when I say incomplete, I mean extremely incomplete. Daniel Craig talks about being on set and about to shoot a scene and having no pages and having to go to the director and his fellow actors and say, okay, this is what we're going to say. And, and truly so that a lot of it's improv and just like coming up on the fly. And that's not how these movies normally work. Normally you would have had revisions and script tweaks and all this stuff. And they didn't have the opportunity to do any of that. And they had to get the movie out. And so they just rolled with what they had. And so a lot of people say that this is like the most Jason Bourne of the Bond movies Mm -hmm. because there is less dialogue and it is less punchy and less witty and it is more angsty. (laughs) Um, You're that Jason Bourne. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, Jason Bourne has like 15 words every movie basically that he says. So um um so you know and there's there's a reason for that and that's because they they didn't have a script that was done and so i think that that's one of the reasons why it feels the way that it does in some respects 
Is that why you give it a pass and you don't, you make it not your. Purpose? No. Um, I have watched it many times now. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was, I was listening. This is going to sound really uh, self-indulgent, but I was listening to one of our podcasts recently. Um, and in the podcast, you Katrina said to me about a certain film, Rich, you need to watch this like three or four times before the 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 awesomeness of it can fully permeate into you uh and that's kind of how i feel about quantum is that um the more you watch it the more it kind you kind of go oh yeah there's that and there's this going on um i love judy dench in quantum mm. uh there's moments in there where she just she just she's got something that i don't know what it is it but the back and forth with her and daniel craig in that movie i feel like is is particularly good and i don't think skyfall would be as good as it, good as it is without quantum okay fair enough dame judy saved it and i'll give you that i there's nothing that can be said mic drop so what is your <laughs> on fleek my on fleek is casino royale my on fleek is also casino royale all right kind of <laughs> has to be doesn't it you know what it, it wasn't i i went through them all i really really enjoy daniel craig's bonds with the exception of quantum of solace and maybe maybe i should try to watch it again i really don't want to um <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I could have made a, an argument potentially for any one of these films. Right. But when it comes down to it, Casino Royale gets the closest to perfection. So you tell me why. Why do you think? So when we did the Bond episode, I talked about my fondness for Goldeneye and how much I really liked it and how for a Bond first film, right out of the gate, it really established Pierce Brosnan. And it was directed by Martin Campbell. Martin Campbell came back and directed uh, Casino Royale. So it's the same director. Mm -hmm. And he just knows how to get a Bond right out of the gate. And there's something that Pierce Brosnan said that um, Martin Campbell repeated to him over and over again during GoldenEye. And he said, sharp. He said, you have to be sharp. You have to cut like a knife. You have to be sharp. And I can see him saying that to Daniel Craig in this movie too, because there is that sharpness. Um, it's, it's a great establishment of a character and it's a great arc for 007 from beginning of that movie to the end. There's a transformation to him and there's a vulnerability to him that most of the other movies have not allowed us to see. He's always shrugged things off and kind of kept on going. But in this movie, he hurts physically. He hurts mentally, emotionally. It, it's the most vulnerable bond that we, we've ever seen. Uh, the action's great, but it's also got these beats of suspense that have nothing to do with car chases and fistfights. Um, you know? Like that? Yep. And it has the... No offense to Madeline Swan, but for me, Vesper Lynn is the best counterpoint that any Bond has had. Daniel Craig and 
uh, Ava Green, that chemistry, that back and forth, it's golden. It's, it's wonderful. It's the standard. It is, but it is also very short. And so at the end of the yes. film, it's like, uh, and like he's, you know, so in love with her and it like is devastating to him. And they like, they keep referring back to it. And it's like, really, really, you guys were only together for like a week. So <laughs> you don't know that. You don't, you don't know that. <laughs> oh, come on. Let's be clear, young lady. Hold on a minute. All right. That... Not only did he have to recover from his torture, which took, based on the torture that man endured, I hope he was in the hospital for a long, long time. Long time. Are you All right. To Richard? Oh, geez, Louise. That torture. <laughs> let's talk. Let's not talk about that torture scene because that was the, oh, my. Um, <laughs> that was the worst. Uh, but really effective. Like, boy, visceral. You feel it. Um, so, anyway, okay. But yeah, so. I actually think they, I actually think they probably spent quite a bit of time together um, because there was recovery. And then they went on a boat and they sailed from uh, wherever they were at to, you know, points unknown. On your head. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I'll take it. All right. So anyway, she's a good foil for him. Absolutely. Speaking of foils, how about Le Chiffre? Hello. Yeah. Hello. Uh, yeah. I mean, and the actors, you know, and you have a, yeah, I mean, just all around a good Felix Leiter. Yes, you've got Shifa. Um, Judy Dench continues on. Oh, man, I always love um, him. He's amazing, and Dame Judy, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's great. It's a great great movie, and it, um, it's it's what stopped the naysayers because when he got cast, most people were were oh my gosh, he's blonde. He's not even six feet tall. He's not particularly good looking is what was thrown around. Absolutely. Um, you know, he was really, he got, he got lambasted and um, he is very fortunate that they reinvented the wheel that they really, they said, we're going to do something different um, because it paid off. He's, he's a big time. He's amazing, yeah. And um, can I just say Casino Royale also what pushed over the edge for me is it's got my favorite opening sequence of any. Of oh any yeah. Film. The black and white. And then when he's running and that whole, oh, scene, and, the whole yeah. beginning of the, the film is amazing. Yeah. And like you said, I love the, yeah, I love the black and white beginning. Yes. I don't know what the thought process was there, but there's something about it that makes it very stark and very just like, uh it's yeah it's it's a beautiful movie stark. it's it's great <laughs> definitely not tony stark definitely not tony stark yeah it was it, of these the the most critically acclaimed and our favorites our on fleek so i'm guessing just from what you said that your your number five was specter your number four was quantum of solace or no time to die and then Skyfall, and then Casino Royale at the top spot. Is that right? Um, you are right. Number four is No Time to Die. Okay. Maybe we'll hit that. We'll one. talk about that in the bonus. We'll bonus that out. I, I was, we well, no. I, I was, Casino Royale was number one for me, then Skyfall, then No Time to Die, then Spectre, then Quantum Souls. Okay. All right, so uh, that was it. 
Bond so how many? Uh, oh, oh wait, oh how sorry. How many vodka martinis are we going to give this thing? <laughs> oh, that's why I was trying to cut too soon because I don't drink, Richard. Um, how many <clears> vodka martinis? No, I like shaken not stirred, man. Let's do. No, vodka that's what he calls them, vespers. Those are the, the name oh. of the drink. No, oh, okay. <laughs> See, I told you Wikipedia. <clears throat> um, I really don't like Juan Sauce. But these are good films. They're beyond Bond films. They're just really great films. So I'm going to say, I, I feel like I have to give it an eight because I hate Quantum Solace. But otherwise, I would say like nine and a half. I'm going to give it about an eight, eight and a half. Okay. These are really good. Um, and, and the parts that don't work are jarring and upsetting. But even with that, I mean, they're still, they're, they're really good. Uh, viewed as a whole, he has a legacy upon which he can be proud of uh, leaving it behind. Mm -hmm.